The Your Safe Space podcast is recorded on Wurundjeri land. This podcast acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to Your Safe Space, the podcast. I'm your host, Adele Marie, and this podcast is here for you. It is a safe space for us to catch up each week to discuss anything and everything. And on today's show, we are doing an AMA on air. Happy Friday, everyone. If you are new here, hello. AMA stands for Ask Me Anything. And these are my favorite episodes to record. You guys ask me questions from my Monday night AMA on my Instagram, and I give you my hot take. These eps are short, sharp, and sweet, and we are going to dive straight in. As always, this podcast is not a substitute for therapy or professional help. And if you do need that, please check the show notes. So guys, let's get into the questions. Question number one. I have been in a seven-year-long relationship with my partner. She doesn't know yet if she wants kids. Do I wait for her to change her mind or do we break up now? We are both 32 for reference. Straight in with a juicy one. I know this question is very specific, but I wanted to include it as I think there is something here to unpack with communication. The topic of having kids, do you want kids, where are kids, is something I always get asked about. And I do plan on doing a future episode about this, but today I just want to talk about the communication for this listener. I think I can also probably relate to your partner as well in the fact I actually don't know if I want them or not, but today I'm going to give you some conversation tips for you to have to help you guys figure out what to do with the next steps. I always try to give you balanced advice because I never want to come on here and tell you that you should do something or you shouldn't do something. And I want to just hold the space for you to figure that out. So here are some of the tips that I think you should try. I would really recommend opening up the conversation again with your partner at a time and place where it feels right for both of you. Keeping in mind like the nature of the chat is to have an open mind with the aim of the conversation being just to gather information and kind of figure out where the other person is coming from. I know that this situation can also feel very black and white, but by giving the space for you both to chat about it, your reason for wanting the kids and maybe hearing from your partner her reasons for being unsure about them can help you better understand each other's perspectives, needs, and help you have a more productive conversation. Now, there are so many reasons for someone to be unsure about kids or for somebody to want kids or for somebody to not want them either. I'm not going to go into them all today. As I said, there'll be a different episode on that, but it is really important that your conversation with your partner is had with empathy, with compassion, and not with the intention to change their mind or to force them to make up their mind. By unpacking these reasons, you may be able to see some solutions. What I mean by that is there could be a willingness to consider other options. Maybe it looks like potentially freezing eggs. Maybe it looks like investigating adoption or fostering. Maybe it's navigating any of the other worries your partner brings up. And then the other part of the conversation is to figure out if being unsure or saying not now actually means never or not at all. And I don't like to say that timing is important, but I feel like biologically there is an element there of timing being important when it does come to having children. This is where I think if you both want to, again, you both have to be on the same page. It could be helpful for you guys to agree on a broad timeline where you can come back and revisit the conversation. What I mean by both of you agreeing, your partner has to be happy to revisit the conversation down the track and you also have to be happy to almost sit in limbo until that point. And the reason I suggest that is because it will actually take some pressure off you both 
pressure off your partner because they'll know that you're not going to be asking them during that time. And it can almost give you like a light at the end of the tunnel feeling as well. Obviously, this is dependent. If you are happy to live in that limbo, you might not want to, and that's okay. But if that is the case, then that's probably a sign that this would be a potential deal breaker for you. There are some other things I also want you to keep an eye out for. These are things that would also signal to me that the relationship might not be the right one. And these things are if you cannot have the conversation at all. So if your partner doesn't hold the space for you or doesn't want to have that discussion with you, like there's no willingness. This also goes if you cannot agree on a date to check back in or if your partner doesn't practice empathy, compassion or compromise with you. As I mentioned, when you are going into that chat, you really do want to have those traits and characteristics there and you want to make sure your partner is giving you that same um, back in return. And then if the situation is causing you significant mental or emotional stress and almost consuming you, that could also show that it does mean a lot to you. And maybe that's not something that you're willing to negotiate or compromise on, which is also okay. And then lastly, this is not a warning sign, but my advice would be to seriously ask yourself if your partner doesn't give you an answer about kids or tells you that she doesn't want kids, are you happy to go through life without them? Ask yourself that honestly and see what answer comes up and see if that question can give you any clarity. And then this is actually my last point. (laughs) If your partner is willing to have the conversation, but it's hard for you guys to navigate it, I would actually suggest couples therapy or couples counseling because an impartial third party could help you both feel seen, feel heard and try to get some clarity with that situation. But good luck. I know it sounds pretty stressful and I hope you guys can come to a resolution or outcome soon. Question number two, how do you get over your fear of traveling alone? Example, flights, taxis, and hotels. I really worry about my safety. A bit of a energy shift from the last question, but I love this one because you guys know I love doing solo trips. I have done many solo trips, both interstate and internationally. You would also know that I have no issues spending time on my own. Traveling alone can be super scary though, and it can be overwhelming. I absolutely recognize that. I think there's many worries that come into play, whether it's a fear of flying, a fear of being away from home, a fear of being away from your friends, your family, your work, your routine, or even just like the fear of the unknown and being in a completely different environment. I'm going to share my top tips in the hope that it brings you some peace and in the hope that you can take a little solo adventure down the track. As always, my starting tip is to acknowledge it, label it, write down what your fears are. What are you feeling? Write down these emotions. Becoming aware of it is always the starting point. I like to write them down because it kind of gives me that foundation to start from. And then what I do in my next tip is write down almost like worst case scenario. And I do that because it helps me realize that if I can control some things, or have a solution or like a backup plan that can bring me some peace. And so I'll give you some examples. And obviously these are different for everybody, but some examples that people could have when it comes to this are perhaps being worried about getting lost or worried about running out of money or worried about getting sick or getting injured. As I said, you can then take some little actions or have a backup plan there. So maybe it's having an emergency contact. Maybe you've got a buffer of cash somewhere. Maybe you're downloading certain apps or guides or doing your research before you leave on the place that you're going so you can figure out where you're staying and kind of get familiar with the area. 
I'll also say that looks like making sure you have travel insurance and even taking some basic medications with you if you're worried about sickness or illness. And it also looks like preparing everything at home to run smoothly while you're away as well. This goes for practicing traveler common sense and street safety too. As I said, you're essentially preparing for certain scenarios and that will show that most of them do have a solution as well. My third tip is to practice and start doing small things solo. So I've spoken about this a few times, but it's building that muscle up. It's getting comfortable in your own company in smaller settings so that you can almost build that trust with yourself and then go forward and practice it in larger settings as well. It could be taking yourself on a solo coffee. It could be taking yourself out for a solo meal, even taking yourself to the movies, to a museum, or even going on a solo staycation. It's that practice of building that trust with yourself over time. You don't have to start and book a flight overseas tomorrow. You can start small to get there. My fourth tip is to have a clear why. And I always talk about knowing your why, having your why. And solo travel for me has been really rewarding. It's been the reason I have had so many great experiences. I've built my confidence up. I've gotten out of my comfort zone and that's why I personally love it. So getting clear and figuring out your why to help you lean on that when some of these worries come up. Maybe you do want to get out of your comfort zone. Maybe you want to build your own confidence. Write that down and keep that as your key focus. And then my last tip is to practice mindfulness. This is something that I like to do every day, regardless of if I'm traveling or not, but that is doing things like breathing activities, journaling, meditation. It is practicing keeping your mind calm because when you are traveling and you do feel this panic come on or you are in settings that do start to trigger it, you can go back to something like that to help you put that at ease. I also try to practice this daily. You guys would see that, but I definitely still practice it while I'm traveling too. And then lastly, I have to say this, if your travel anxiety is actually stopping you from traveling or doing the things that you want to do or is quite severe, please chat to your GP because a professional can help you work through this in a safe setting too. Question number three, thoughts on my boyfriend walking out of the bedroom to another room right after we have sex. It makes me feel used. Now, firstly, I want to say I'm really sorry that you are feeling this way and thank you for trusting me and sending in this question. I can absolutely see how you wouldn't feel good after that. I feel like I can relate. I've been in certain settings like that myself before and I've got some things I want to mention but what I want to start with firstly is unpacking what is happening biologically and what happens after two people have sex. So typically a man will experience a drop in testosterone which actually makes them want to pull away or makes them want to you know fall asleep, get out of the room or leave. And they'll do that without a second thought. Whereas on the other hand, a woman after sex, they release oxytocin. Now, oxytocin is the love hormone. It's what makes you want to cuddle. It's what makes you want to tell the person that you love them. You want to have a DNM, all that good stuff. Now, I'm not excusing his behavior by explaining that, but I wanted to give you that context so you could maybe understand It's more of a biological thing than it meeting anything bad about you. Secondly, I think it is also something known as sexual aftercare or lack of aftercare. Now, I actually learned about this on TikTok. I learned about it last year and it's not something that I did in any of my previous relationships, but some of my sexual partners have been great at it in hindsight. Now, if you don't know what sexual aftercare is, it's when a person cares for their partner or partners following sex. So what this looks like is cuddling, 
super simple and easy. Taking a minute just to lay there after it. It could be something as simple as having a shower together, even having pillow talk, chatting about what you enjoyed or chatting about anything else. I'll also add there are these pillow talk card games that you can buy too. Check some of those out because if you're not sure what you want to chat about, you can almost have those as prompts as well. Maybe it looks like having a nap together, putting on a movie right after, even making some food, getting a drink, maybe it's a tea, having some snacks. You might want to put on your favorite music, light a candle, anything that can bring you some of that feel good feeling. Because what that does is helps you feel safe and looked after after having sex with your partner. And so what I would actually recommend in this circumstance, I would communicate this to your partner because I'm not sure if you have said anything to him yet, but what's happening is obviously not feeling good for you. And I don't want you to not say anything and then build resentment there. So have a chat to him outside of the bedroom, not not before you're about to have sex. Wait until you're outside of the bedroom and it's a good time to have the chat and sit down with them and ask them if they firstly know what aftercare is and maybe explain to them what it is and then asking them to practice that with you and saying to them, you know, after sex, sometimes I feel like I need an extra minute with you to process what's happened and I'd love to sit there with you just for a minute or two, see how that lands with them and ask them if we can start practicing and things like that. It's okay to ask for what you want. I always say that. It's especially okay to ask for what you want in the bedroom too. As I always say, communication can solve a lot of things. And then my last question, who are the top three people that motivate you to be a better person? Now, I love this question. And I actually put it in for you guys as well, because I would love for you to do this as a journal activity. My immediate answer when I read this was, oh, I don't think I have like a top three people that like motivate me because to me, motivation is very much an internal thing. It's very much something I do for myself. My motivation has always come from within, has come from my why. And a lot of that is directly related to me. I want to be better for myself. I want to be better for you know, my inner child. I want to be better for the younger version of me. I want to be better for the future version of me. And then I did think a little bit harder and I realized that I am motivated to show up better for, I think, three groups of people. And I just didn't want to pick three people, but I would say it's definitely like friends and family, Franklin, (laughs) and then you guys. The reason for that is obviously these are like the areas of my life that mean the most to me and make me want to do better and be better and Hopefully one day I could add like a partner into that as well, but it's just nice to reflect on that. And so for you, I want you to get out your journal, do this activity, write down the people that inspire you, that make you feel good, that you want to show up better for, write down the qualities that they have as well. I'll give you a little hint. You should also be one of the people that you're writing down to. And I think that it's just a really nice journal activity that you can do. It should leave you feeling better after you do that. And guys, I think we can wrap the show there. I hope that you have a great weekend. I hope that you're doing something fun. I hope you're doing something kind or relaxing. If you have had a rough week, hang in there. We've got a new one coming and I will see you guys next time. If you're not already, please follow us on Instagram. Please join our Facebook group. Please leave us a review on Apple or a rating on Spotify. It goes a long way and I'm always so grateful if you guys do that. But yeah, I'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.